Hey folks, it's me, um, back again for this week. Um, I thought I was gonna be able to do these weekly, but I think bi-weekly is gonna be a little bit better for me to handle, um, especially when the term, like, starts kicking in towards the end. So, I think I'm just gonna bet on bi-weekly episodes instead of weekly episodes. Um, but we'll see. Um, might end up end up doing weekly episodes anyway okay that is the welcome um so i'll get right into my teaching corner so my students turned in essays last week um and they had to be based on topics it was any a topic of their choosing but they had to use the materials it was basically black feminism that i was teaching they had to use them in their essay um, and generally, like all of the essays, like I was impressed by some of the most impressive ones were the ones where students shared their personal experience and kind of made like it kind of these are mostly most of my classes white. So a lot of them were just thinking about like, oh, oh, wow, like <laughs> It was like checking their privilege. Um, it's it, it at least for the white men who wrote um, a lot of the women who wrote um, about like kind of their personal experience. They kind of just dealt grapple with the sexism that they experienced and kind of used the folks that I've been teaching in class um, to help them kind of bring out those thoughts. Um, one student said that she had never wrote an essay with just women authors in it before it's always been men and i was like oh uh, that's pretty cool um i don't know like with my class i i kind of think that 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 they don't like me um because they always seem so like they don't talk i think i've said this before they don't talk um and they always seem like frightened by me um but it's like i'm frightened by them too but it's like then some of them like talk when i'm talking and i really don't know what to do with that um so sometimes i just i i notice that sometimes cuz sometimes i speak and i sit down um cuz i'm just like chill but then sometimes i have to stand cuz i'm like oh they they don't hear that i'm talking um so that's something that i kind of have to grapple with i don't know how we got on my teaching um style when i was talking about the essays but still um yeah i don't know um well i guess this leads into my other kind of point that um initially teaching um stuff about race and feminism um and sexuality and things like this i was like scared at how that was going to get received um, especially teaching at a white school, a predominantly white school, um, and having a class that's majority white, um, I felt that I was going to get a lot of pushback. Um, and I, I know that people who teach this kind of, these kind of things do get pushback. Um, and yeah, I kind of just shared this with my students actually, uh, this week where I said, you know, you guys like did uh, like a great job just, um, 
handling this material like this is the first time you guys have ever had to grapple with these ideas and these are also ideas that I am struggling to like work with myself um, and I just learned about these myself um, and just initially just as a uh, teacher of color like teaching about race is always kind of like tricky because like sometimes like sometimes people call you a racist for like pointing out racism and uh, that was a fear of mine. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, you know, you guys just thank you guys for engaging with this work and like um, you guys should be proud of yourself. And I don't know, like, I don't know if that made them feel any better. I don't know if anything I says I say makes them feel any better or, or if they think about it. I don't know. But um, as far as their writing, the writing is really good. Even the student that was basically writing the essay about, um, basically that, basically how black women don't need to exclude themselves from feminism, um, it was a little, it was still a little, uh, iffy in some parts, but the, she didn't, she did what I asked her to, which is include the different perspectives in there and and reasons why black women will want to leave the feminist movement and it kind of I think it kind of made her at least in her writing it kind of made her kind of clarify what she was saying and then I got what she's saying it seemed like she was just disagreeing with um one of the authors and not the idea of, of black women separating from the feminist movement um and, and then it also seems like she didn't want to call out white women for being racist. Um, like she mentioned it, but she didn't want to call it out. But I mean, I, I guess I get that because it, it would mean that she would have to maybe address her own racism. So I guess that's a lot to do in 10 weeks or no, five weeks. So, you know, I mean, overall, it, you know, I get that they're, they're learning and I'm still learning too. I'm learning how to teach. And, um, yeah, I, overall, I was still impressed with all of the essays and um, that student's essay. I didn't cringe as, as much as I thought I was going to cringe. Um, yeah, so for the next half of my class, I'm going to use um, a video by Bell Hooks called uh, Cultural Criticism and Transformation. And I'll put the link to that in the episode's notes. Um, and that basically is her kind of just like giving us a, a framework on how to read media and how to do cultural criticism and pop culture criticism um and it's not a very well it's not a very like talked about video but i think her points in there are just so amazing um she has sections about uh like OJ, the OJ case and addressing patriarchy. She has stuff about rap music. She has stuff about um, like some documentary movies that kind of portray these progressive black narratives, but she kind of critiques them and saying like, you know, these aren't the only narratives that need to be featured or, or these narratives are still skewed in some way. So um, I had my students watch that and they're going to use that to um, do some media analysis. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, and then they're starting presentations this week, too, and they're going to be presenting articles based on um, 
I have like a few articles about actually I have two articles about um like like music videos and then there's two uh, articles about uh movies I think and so yeah it should be interesting I mean uh it seemed like they were into the group work stuff um they, they seem to be you know talking and stuff and usually they don't talk so anytime they're talking I think oh they're they're doing fine <laughs> um okay that's that is enough for my class this week um how about we just move into some classic shit all right so this week I have another baby mother song for for this segment because I've been listening to I've been listening to this song so much this week, um, and like I said, Baby Mother just puts me in the mood. It it uh, she allows me to go to the school and deal with these white folks, and they just deal with white folks in Oregon in general. I just blast her, um, and so this song is called Lately, and one of the, I guess I'll just read the lyrics like I usually do, and then just give my take on it. So the lyric uh, goes, beefing with your mother, just like beefing with yourself. I be giving bitches knowledge, they just put me on the shelf. Free game, oh you mad hoe. You was missing out cause you was plotting on my bag, huh? You was sucking dick for clout and I was sucking dick for paper plate or pleasure. And you wonder why you looking like a lesser. Do the work, bitch. <laughs> so with the first part... That first line, beefing with your mother, just like beefing with yourself. I feel like it's so deep because, you know, the mother, mothers birth you and like, like motherhood is, I don't know. It's just like kind of saying like, how are you going to beef with someone who like gives, nurtures you and gives you like everything basically like and it's beefing with yourself because if you coming after your mother you are messing up like your source of like like care and nurture um yeah so i think that's what it's saying then she says i'd be giving bitches knowledge they just put me on the show so she's saying people disregard her for the knowledge that they give um, because they are trying to go against mother's words. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's what it is. And then I'm going to skip down two lines. Um, the, you was sucking dick for clout and I was sucking dick for paper play or pleasure. Um, I guess this, there's this distinction between people who suck dick for just recognition and people who suck dick because it's it's pleasurable it it doesn't mean anything and then you're also getting some money for it so it's like just main like just kind of critiquing hmm i guess critiquing like the how people put on an image um yeah i don't think it's just about sucking nick there i think it, i think that might be like it can be applied to other things, but it's kind of like critiquing an image um, and saying like, okay, you're doing this for show. I'm doing this like money. I'm doing this for money. I'm doing this for 
because it's fun, because it feels good. Um, and then the last line, you wonder why you looking like a lesser. Do the work, bitch. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like you get caught up in trying to create this image of yourself and you're not doing, you're not getting anything out of it. You know? Yeah. I think that's what it is. You know, I never know. I, I just kind of like read these lyrics and then I just ramble and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah, check that out. It's uh, Lately by Baby Mother. Um, and yeah, so that is it for this week's classic shit. Alrighty, I'll move into my next segment called What's Going On, Girl? Um, and this is, uh, just to remind y'all, this is a segment that where I kind of talk about Oregon's bizarre news stories, um, and then I might branch out to talk about other bizarre news stories, but, um, this week I have a story that wouldn't seem bizarre, but it definitely is. So, there was this black man in Oregon who was experiencing racial discrimination at his job. And when he reported this to his boss, he was arrested. And so basically the story goes that the boss contacted his friend, um, who is a sheriff, and told him that this worker was talking about these incidents that were happening at work. And the boss didn't want the the black worker to speak about them publicly because he didn't want like any backlash from it. So the boss and the sheriff organized a way to frame the man for theft. Um, and so they did that. The man was arrested. He was in jail for about eight hours. And then upon his release, he was told by a police officer that he was then fired from his job. Um, and then so that happened. Um, let's see. I think that happened a couple. No, this happened in 2017. And so it's now 2000. So in 2018, the man sued the city um, of what? Oh, so this is in Portland the city of Westland for $600,000. Um, and, uh, they settled, uh, outside of court. Um, and now I think he is suing the police department now. Um, yeah, he is now suing the police department for a wrongful arrest. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found this to be a bizarre story because just in general, um, with Oregon kind of, to my southern eyes, Oregon seemed like a very progressive state. And um, I continually say this, it seemed like a very progressive state. And like it kind of passes itself off for this like race, like post-racial race positive place. Like we include everyone, all of that. But as we see in especially progressive cities, quote unquote, progressive cities like Portland, an incident like this where someone goes to his boss about racial discrimination at his job. And then he's then they kind of then the boss develops this huge elaborate plan to get him arrested for that. It just kind of shows the 
I don't know. It's just like fear. It's fear of bringing out these kind of like inner hate, like this hatred uh, that that I guess many folks in Oregon try to keep hidden or don't want to think about. Um, And I kind of think it's because or like Oregon doesn't talk about its racial history a lot. Like there's Black History Month going on and there's not really a lot of to honor like there like the black pioneers of Oregon the black power movement in Oregon it's just all hush and I think it might be because uh, unlike the south Oregon hasn't had a moment yet where they've had to like where it's was national news that these race like riots were happening that all like these like cases of racial discrimination were happening Oregon hasn't had that yet. Um, much of the North hasn't had that yet. And so I think, I don't know, like, I think th- the cases like this are going to have to keep happening and people here are going to have to start like knowing more about this and talking about it in order for these attitudes to kind of change. But, but then again, like people won't change and those kind of like hateful things won't change. I don't know. I just I just wish that everyone would be kind of like more real about the state of Oregon and just like Portland is like the progressive side of it. But it's like still in that progressiveness, it's very white and it's very like anti-black and exclusionary. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. As y'all can tell, I don't really like living in Oregon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that that is this week's bizarre story um and then i had another one coming from um alabama it is a law that will force men to get vasectomies at the age of 50 um and the law there there it's not a law that's passed yet but it's a law that says men once they ease reach the age of 50 or father three children whichever comes first um and the man will have to pay for the vasectomy at his own expense. And so this bill is um, a clear kind of like, yeah, a clear response to Alabama's abortion bill that said that women can't uh, get abortions. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, it's it's kind of like responding back to that. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about this. I mean, oh yeah, okay. And then there's this one part where, uh, someone proposed to make it a felony to, to, for a man to have a vasectomy and that amendment failed, (laughs) but it's just weird how protective like the world is over men's bodies. And just reading this, I mean, to me, it was just like, I don't know. It was like absurd because I'd never, I, I, it's like, I don't believe it because it's like, this is exactly what would get people to understand the way, you know, that we treat women's bodies, like men trying to control their bodies and control what they can do. Lawmakers controlling what they can do with it. And so like hearing that there will be this law, um, proposed, I don't know if they're going to try to pass it i don't know when they'll vote on it but there will be this law um that would force men to get vasectomies i mean 
this would be a wake-up call. And I don't know, like, I don't know. Would it, I don't know. Because then I would have to get a vasectomy. If I, if, if I lived in Alabama, would this be a national law? I don't know how laws work. So, um, okay. That's why I'm an English major. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I, I, I do, I think it's good for a response. And I do, I, I maybe, in, yeah, I think in practice it would be good too. It would cut down on, I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't want to make a comment on it because I don't know if this law is like actually like w trying to be a law or if it's just like a response to the abortion ban. And then so like if this law goes in place, then are they going to try to get the abortion ban to not be a thing? And then are they going to then try to vote this law out? I don't know. Someone who understands like laws and politics, please like comment on this section and help me like like not sound uneducated about this <laughs> um yes and i'll make sure to post the links to those new stories in the show notes Alrighty, um so this week on my shelf um i already mentioned this video but it it's gonna be um cultural criticism and transformation by bill hooks um and like I said, I, I, I've taught this uh, this past week in my class. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's a helpful video on just getting you to think more critically about pop culture and media. Um, and I just I think, like I said, I think Bell Hooks points um, in those in this video is um, just great. Um yeah, I don't have I don't have much to say about that because I feel like I already talked about it, and um, I just recommend it for folks who are interested in just finding like listening to something else by Bell Hooks that you haven't heard, um, and that's not very well uh, circulated. Um, yeah, this will be the the video, cultural criticism and transformation, and I'll put the link in the show notes. All right. For my final segment, um, I'm going to be talking about what I'm so done with. And what I'm uh, this week, I'm so done with the Oscars. Um, I watched them, when were they, Sunday? Last Sunday? Oh my god, it was the most boring ceremony ever. It was so, like, weird and, it's it, like, it was, like, silent, kind of. I didn't, I, I just had it on in the background. Usually I'm just, like, glued to the TV watching it, but this year I just really wasn't into it. But what I'm really done with are these Oscar speeches for Best Actor and Best um, Actress by Joaquin Phoenix and um, Renee Zellweger, respectively. And I kind of just want to, like with Joaquin Phoenix's speech, people were just like praising him for it because it was like sending a message about animal rights. But like he started... My thing is, he gave this great speech at quote unquote great at the BAFTA Awards. He was kind of he was just calling out racial discrimination in the um, 
the voting of of actors and he was talking like calling out the privilege and like just kind of lecturing white people on like how much they suck and how they need to do better but then he gets to the oscars and he mentions racism kind of like half-hazardly and then he goes into talking about cows um yeah i don't know it just wasn't he goes into talking about cows and milk and then kind of like relates it back to himself and i just i don't know it was just really confusing to follow and like he starts this line and you think it's gonna he said i think we're I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism or queer whites or indigenous rights or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice, which I agree with. Um, but then I, 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 I thought I expected that he was going to go more into kind of like his whole thing with talking about like the racism of the Oscars because he did that at the BAFTA Awards. I thought he was going to do it at the Oscars. So I wonder why he chose animal rights to kind of like or why people why he chose animal rights to talk about and why people picked up more on the animal rights stuff more at the Oscars. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I I feel like it's just trying to catch on to these like trendy topics that are going on. Like, Like Twitter was probably blowing up. I didn't see. Twitter was probably blowing up with this speech. And I, when I was looking up like his speech there were just a lot of articles about oh my god Joaquin Phoenix gave his major speech and then they said the same thing about the BAFTA Awards one but like no one was talking about how he was calling out the racism of the industry um yeah and I saw this one article that kind of said like you know yeah he gave this great speech um but like where's the action behind that is he going to put his words into action or is he just doing this for 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 retweets and likes i don't know you know i don't know i never known joaquin phoenix to be a an advocate um and also wasn't there like an incident on the set of the joker where he was like calling people the n-word and stuff um i know that was a thing and yeah so i don't know if this is like some redemption story I don't know. If y'all followed his kind of like arc with this Joker movie, just let me know and we can kind of like talk about that. But I'm very suspicious. I'm very suspicious of Joaquin Phoenix and these speeches that didn't make sense. The first one, the Vasa Award one, definitely agreed with. But like again, it, it where where is the action? And then Renee Ze- Zellweger, which I, I think she's a great actress. But, like, <laughs> this speech was over, like, just all over the place. And she had to follow it up with Joaquin Phoenix's kind of, like, uh, nicely worded, rehearsed speech about animal rights that mentions racism and queer rights and indigenous rights. I don't know. Anyway, so she starts by thanking people, thanking the nominees, thanking, like, the director and stuff of her movie movie her agents and stuff and then it gets into 
Okay, so then she starts saying, and she she trips up here. She says, I have to say this past year of conversations celebrating Judy Garland across genders and uh, I'm sorry, across generations and across cultures has been really a, a really cool reminder that our heroes unite us. No, among the best of us who inspire inspire us to find the best in ourselves, they they unite us. When we look at our heroes, we agree that and that matters. Neil Armstrong, Sally Ride, Dor- Dolores, who I don't know, how to say this last thing, Huter, Venus and Serena and Selena, Bob Dylan, Scorsese, Fred Rogers, Harriet Tubman. She just started like naming names. And then she said, we agree on our teachers. We agree on our courageous men and women in uniform who serve. We agreed on, on our first responders and firefighters. We, when we celebrate our heroes, we're reminded of who we are as one united, one people united. Um, just like the list of names and then just like, it, there was a lot, there's a lot going on here. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, honestly, I think the like, Thank my agents, thank the nominees, thank the director. It was great working on the film. Like, I think that is just enough. Because, like, trying to give off this kind of, like, political speech, when you don't really mean it, when you know there's, like, a lot of stuff going on, when you know that you probably, you don't even deserve that award. Lupita Nyong'o deserved that award. I will continue to say that. Peter Nyong'o deserved Best Actress for this year. And I think, like, I think this whole, like, kind of, like, political move in these in these two speeches, but in, in spe- these other speeches as well, is just kind of, like, grappling a white guilt and this kind of, like, aware, hyper-awareness of the internet and how there's a lot of people of color on the internet talking, like fighting back and, and getting their voices heard. Um, and then just trying to respond to that. But like, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, stay in your lane. If you're not an activist, don't try to act like an activist. If you're an actor, you're an actor. If you're an actor, activist, be an actor, activist. Don't just, just get up there and say meaningless things. I don't know, but th- that was my kind of take on the speeches this for this Oscars. Um, I honestly don't think it'll get any better. Yes, it'll be like a wake up call, but then like they'll start not like I feel like they'll start like nominating people like just just like, oh, we need to meet a quota. And then that kind of like throws out the quality of the film. No matter what, I'm going to root for people of color in general, but it'll throw out the quality of like the film selection and then people will be like, oh, they're just meeting a quota and it's just like either way it's just going to get invalidated. So it's like, I don't know. And then and then like another question is like, I don't know, do you even need the Oscars to I mean, no, you don't need the Oscars to to let you know whether a film is good or not. Yeah, and I've kind of just kind of discovered that I used to be like a big film snob and I used to be like oh I'm only gonna watch Oscar nominated movies and then I started to see like the stuff that they kind of like nominate um isn't really that good (laughs) 
So yeah, that is what I'm done with this week. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at GoBlackBoyGo. And you can listen to the podcast currently on iTunes and Podbean. For some reason, my Spotify isn't working um, right now, so I'm trying to get that fixed pretty soon. Um, And thank y'all for listening.